Okay, listen, somebody tell somebody needs to tell Mother Nature to chill. It is a thousand degrees in New York City, and I'm not happy about it because it's hot and I'm sweaty. But on the on the flip side, we get to drink nice cold beer, which is perfect segue into hello and welcome. I was just gonna say, you know what'll help with that? Beer. <laughs> uh welcome in everybody to What's the going hop. On? We're back. We've got beer and we're drinking single cut beer smiths. Out of Queens, New York. They're brewing in in the heat, apparently. Uh, But they make great beer, and we got our hands on some, and we're excited to drink it. And Gabe? Yeah. Let's grab a drink. Okay, so here's the thing about single-cut beersmiths. I tried to get a job at this place when I first moved to New York, and uh, they were very nice to me. Rejected! (laughs) They were very nice to me. No, they actually said that they would love to have me there, but they didn't have any money, so they would bring me in as an intern. And I thought, I just graduated college, and I'm living in New York. The intern days are done at that point. Gonna have to pass on that, yeah. Uh, but very nice of them to uh, to offer. Um, but I didn't work there. But they are still around and doing way better than they even were at the time in 2014. Um, and they're a very New York brewery. They're a, they're yeah. based in Queens, and they they are the spirit of New York, I think. And hopefully, the beer is cold because it's hot, as I that- mentioned. I mean, that's just on you, dude. I'm gonna. I'll get over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. Let's uh, let's drink, I guess, and get into our normal fun. You don't you know, sound excited. I am you excited. Sound, <laughs> I'm you very sound excited. like it's a chore. It's um, not. No, it's it's a fun chore. <laughs> not even. It's great. All right. Let's uh, let's get into the news a little bit. Um, and kicking things off uh, is. Uh, Fresh Fest, which is uh, the nation's first uh, festival of black-owned breweries, uh, and they are moving it online this year. Um, this follows along with uh, what we talked about last week. If you uh, didn't tune in to our previous episode, uh, we have decided here at The Hop that we are going to feature a black-owned brewery uh, once a month here on the show, and that's part of our Commitment to uh, diversity, inclusion, and trying to kind of raise awareness for black-owned businesses. Well, that's what this festival does. Uh, It's a Pittsburgh-based festival that brings together black-owned breweries and black brewers with other craft brewers and artists and entrepreneurs from the black community for collaboration beers. Uh, So this year, they're moving it online. They had thought about canceling, but they've decided, especially in light of recent events, that uh, this is the time more than ever when a festival like this is necessary. Absolutely. Uh, Tickets for the digital festival will go on sale on July 1st. They will cost $10 uh, and attendees will receive access to six channels of live entertainment on August 8th. This year, eight black owned breweries and eight Pittsburgh breweries, all yet to be named, will collaborate to brew eight diverse beers that festival attendees can order as two different four packs through the e-commerce platform Tavor. So, that means that for the first time, you can now get an eight-pack of black-owned beer online, which is dope. Um, we did talk about last week, uh, but uh, we didn't have the numbers in front of us. Uh, but it is a fact that of the 8,275 breweries in the United States, only about 60 or so are black-owned. Um, so the co-founders of this festival started this as a way to introduce these breweries to beer drinkers and the beer industry to the black community, kind of bridge the gap between the two um so it's it's great that they're keeping it going for the third year in a row uh they started it in 2018 they saw attendance rise dramatically in 2019 uh and hopefully they'll see a solid attendance this year ten dollars for a beer festival get on it people yeah for real that's that's awesome what are you doing on august 8th clear your schedule um and i just wanted to tag this story with uh, the fact that we also reported on the Black is Beautiful Beer Initiative last week. And I just wanted to mention, in case you haven't noticed our retweets of it on our Twitter, 
um, that we're seeing more breweries joining this cause, including uh, today uh, Bell's Brewing as well as Allagash a couple days ago. So we're starting to see some larger breweries hop on the bandwagon of that. And uh, you're going to see those Black is Beautiful beers start rolling out in the late summer, uh, which is awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's starting to take off with some larger breweries, which um, I think will bring even more attention to it. Uh, And so uh, get ready to drink some stouts, people. Moving right along, Magic Hat. Ugh, hate to see it. They are uh, moving production to Janice, their Janice facility in Rochester, New York. Zero Gravity is going to be taking over their Vermont location. So Magic Hat, now owned by Rochester, New York-based Fifco USA, will vacate its brewery and, fun fact, performing arts center called the Artifactory in South Burlington, Vermont, uh, according to a recent press release. Uh, Zero Gravity has agreed to purchase the equipment and take over its lease, um, obviously pending approval permits and whatnot. Um, it was a difficult decision, uh, but in the end, they felt it was the best long-term opportunity for both us and our friends at Zero Gravity. Direct quote from uh, Fifco USA CEO Rich Andrews. Uh, but the production of Magic Hat will shift to the Genie's house in Rochester, but they are going to keep pumping out those awesome brews. Uh, they're going to have their flagship number nine and other offerings uh, are still being produced, going to continue. The production facility underwent a $50 million renovation in 2018. So they are not slowing down at all. They are going to do everything they can to keep making awesome brews. Magic Hat number nine, I remember I remember a point in both of our lives where it was like kind of a kind of a go-to staple for us. Yeah. I have I have feelings about this. Um I've been to the Artifactory. It was a very cool space. Um very colorful, very fun to tour, a lot of incredible branding going on at Magic Hat. But Magic Hat was purchased by Fifco in or Fifco, I don't know how you're supposed to say that. In 2010. Um, Correct. You know, I mean, of course we see um, breweries get purchased by corporations all the time. And you have to do it to survive a lot of the time. And that's fine. But Magic Hat was one of Vermont's original craft breweries. And um, I, I mean, kind of as quickly as they got purchased, they lost their kind of close following in Vermont. Uh, but I did like their beer for a while. I don't know. I, here's here's the thing. This company, Fifco, purchased Magic Hat and Seattle's Pyramid Brewing at the same time in the same sale. Really, Pyramid Brewing was owned by Magic Hat, but in the same sale. Now, two years ago, in 2013, Fifco closed Pyramid's brew house in Seattle, where they had been brewing for 30 years. So they took Pyramid out of Seattle and now they're taking Magic Hat at, out of Vermont. And for me, like, it's one thing to see a brewery have to make a sale to make money. Right. It's another thing to see the heart and soul of the brewery get completely Just gutted. Demolished, yeah. So I'm excited I mean, for Zero Gravity to have yeah, a larger Zero space Yeah, Zero Gravity is a very well high, uh, very well respected brewery. And so, yeah. you know, hopefully they can produce something great in its place. Um, but Steven, would you say that they lost their magic touch? I'm sorry. I had to do it. Oh my God. Ew. I know. I know. I deserve that. But I just, I couldn't get the second I started talking about it. I was like, Oh God, this would be a great, horrible joke. So I said it and it's done and now you can't unhear it. So who cares? You should be embarrassed. Anywho. (laughs) Finally. Um, okay. Okay. So, uh, Noka. We don't know what it stands for, uh, has announced an expansion to four states. Um, Noka is a brand of spiked water that is now expanding their distribution to Connecticut, Maine, Rhode Island, and Vermont. That puts them in all of New England. They are a New England-based company. They started in New Hampshire, uh, and now they're coming here. Um, You did hear me right. I said spiked water. What? Uh, They said, think hard seltzer, but no bubbles. Uh, They said that traditional non-carbonated spiked beverages were sugary, complicated, and heavy. Uh, And then the lighter carbonated hard seltzer beverages brought along the bloaty side effects of bubbles. So they've created 
basically hard seltzer without the bubbles. Uh, it is 4.5% ABV. It has only 95 calories. I have one question. I've had hard seltzer. Who, who has ever drank that and thought that, you know what? Here's what I need to say. I've had hard seltzer and the best part of it was the bubbles. Here's my question. Why? Yeah. Let's make That's what I'm saying. This like, just sounds Okay, I'll give the pro and con of this. The pro the 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 con is it just sounds lazy. Like it just sounds like they they were like, "How do we make water but like alcoholic?" Like what don't you need water to kind of balance it? I don't know. It's just weird to me. It doesn't have bubbles like but I will say how funny would it be if you're like I don't know. You got a friend crashing for the night. They're super hungover and like, dude, I need some water. And you're like, oh, here you go. And you hand them this. And then they're like, oh, wow. Like, I feel bad. Like, it's like hair of the dog sort of deal. Like, 2 p.m. They're wasted. They have no idea why. Dick move. It's, I mean, they're flavored. So. Dragon fruit, mango, triple berry, and watermelon lime. Those don't even go together. (laughs) Look, I mean, these people are inventive. Uh, when an iPod first came out, I was like, who needs that? And when the iPhone <laughs> first came out, I said, that's crazy. And the watch, Here and I'm are. wearing the watch. Maybe this was, is one of those. It was Maybe made not. by UNH students, and I don't know. This just sounds very UNH. No yeah. n- no disrespect to the school <laughs> or anyone who goes there or went there, but like, it just it's like... I read this and it was like it was originally created in New Hampshire by UNH classmates and I went, Oh, well there you go. Oh yeah. 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 Uh Galen Hand, Richard Roy, and Alex Fabonio. And Galen said, uh, we saw how much everyone had enjoyed hard seltzers, and we took the opportunity to create an alternative without the bubbles. Do you think this idea would work on Shark Tank? And which shark <laughs> would say yes? Okay, if it worked on Shark Tank, here's what would happen. Kevin would taste it and be like, I see an opportunity, but I'm going to do a uh, royalty deal with you guys because I want 2% of every unit you sell. And they'd be like, that's crazy. And then Cubes would be like, guys, don't do that. But also, this isn't the right space for me. I'm out. And then Kevin would be like, this is wild. Like, I'm interested. And nobody would pay attention to him because he's Canadian. Babs would just be drinking it. Babs would nail all of them and somehow Lori would get the deal. (laughs) Maybe Damon. No, Damon wouldn't do booze. He never does booze. Lori, Lori probably would. She could probably sell this. Lori, she, she can't get it on QVC. Honestly, maybe Kevin would end up with the deal. I don't know. Look, I get it. It's healthier. I just don't understand how bubbles are your problem. Like, it, like what else do you have to take yeah. out? Next, it's going to be like, we took out the part where you, we made it a pill. Now you don't even have to drink it. Now you yeah, just have you to. Just, it just disintegrates in your stomach and you're f- suddenly refreshed. All right. Thanks, UNH. Thanks, guys. At uh, Harvard, they're inventing Facebook. At UNH, they're inventing alcoholic water. Water. (laughs) Uh, Okay, uh, I have a toast. Now, uh, you guys know me by now. My toasts are always themed appropriately for the brewery. Uh, We're going to talk about um, Single Cut, but they are... um, really into rock music uh the founder is uh, a musician there's a lot we'll go into it um but i mean the founder of this brewery had to sell his vintage guitar collection to found uh the brewery in the first place so i was looking at rock songs and trying to come up with something that would seem appropriate to that so uh our um toast today comes from the classic yep. acdc because why how fu- I, I was I was Why expecting not? you to just play like screaming death metal while that, you do the toast. Yeah. Can you imagine? Jesus. Okay. Whoa. Turn it down. Stand up and be counted for what you are about to receive. We are the dealers. We'll give you everything you need. Hail, hail to the good times, cause rock has got the right of way. We ain't no legend, ain't no cause. We're just living for today. For those about to rock, we salute you with our beer glasses. Cheers, everybody. Hell yeah. Love me some ACDC. Sometimes it's just that easy. Sometimes it's all in a song. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's all in the words. Hey, Steven.
I'm thirsty. things off i love the name of this beer can we just start off there what a I think great we should start off with the name of every beer for two reasons one it's important and two it'll just help the people know what we're drinking weird and gilly double dry hopped ipa weird and gilly if i had yeah, the, a dollar uh the name comes from um i told you they're really into music and here's the deal uh the name comes from david bowie uh, there we go. Uh, a reference to David Bowie's Ziggy Stardust. Weird and Gilly are references to Bowie's real life bandmates band Trevor Boulder and Woody Woodmancy. Wow, that that info that I did not know before this makes this beer twenty times more awesome. Exactly, like all wow. of their ba- beer names are band names. Anyway, it's uh yeah, it's double dry hopped IPA, six point six percent ABV. Um, Beer Advocate has it at 94, and Untapped has it at 4.06. Damn! IBUs. I mean, we'll it, see. Uh, the the can says 70. The website says 88. Confusing. Unsure. Weird. I don't know. Somebody, somebody's getting fired. <laughs> Mine was canned on April 9th of this year, so I don't know. Maybe the previous ver- It's a year-rounder, so maybe the previous versions were 88, and they just never got around to updating their website this year. I don't know. Mine was canned on uh, May 11th of this year, so yeah. So we're definitely drinking. We're drinking the right version, people. I the think there's seventy IBUs. I'll go with the can. Sure, no, why not? SRM. What would you say? Six, seven. Eight? I yeah, I would say like between seven and nine and a half ish. It's got that golden. Uh, it's it's got that golden yellow color. Uh, very hazy. Can't see through it at all. Um, it's unfiltered. But- too so yeah it, it doesn't it, it's it's weird it's like for me it's like dark in the middle but lighter on the outsides like around yeah it. i'm getting Maybe that too like lighting in, a, in here the center it's yeah the center's a little lighting. darker which is cool but it's like a, a um pineapple orange uh opaque haziness it had a nice yeah. um kind of delicate head uh like this ivory head that Faded fairly quickly into a ring around the glass, but I, it's it's left behind um, a good amount of lacing. My head uh, disappeared like almost immediately, um, but yeah, the it's got the ring and it does have a little bit of that lacing um, along the sides of the glass. Yeah, uh, drinking it out of a pint glass because Same. that's what the can told me to do. Because so those listened. were our instructions, because we follow them. Asking you shall receive. Okay, on the nose, definitely getting the the citrus hoppiness of a classic IPA, even though this is a little bit different. Um, but that yeah, classic I mean, get, smell. Yeah, to it. I think the smells are really um, soft. Oh, it and, smells sweet. But like, but like yeah, think, up front is the citrus. Yeah, and then, like you think citrus, and you think like. You know a specific type, but it, you don't think like too too sweet. This 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 smells very sweet. Yeah, maybe even a little bit of like honey. I mean the malt the malt in there is sweet. Um, I don't know if I get a whole lot of malt on the aroma, but I get a sweetness in in like the juicy sort of orange tangerine, tropical fruit, some mango. I I am smelling some hops. Yeah, they're they're there. They're I think they're, like they're what, very subtle. Yeah, I think what hits me first is the citrus, and then in the in the back is the hops. Now, 100%. we don't know what hops are in here um, because this brewery is particularly uh, protective of their hop profiles. Um, a lot of breweries secret, tend to do secrets. you know three four hops in a blend. Um, and this brewery, a lot of their IPA they've been known for IPAs since they started, and a lot of their IPAs can have like twelve hops in a blend at once. So they'll just like mash them up and kind of go crazy. So I would guess Citra is involved, maybe Mosaic, but beyond maybe that, Mosa- I have yeah. no idea. All right, let's do it. 
little bit of zing, a little bit of that hoppiness, a little bit of that bitterness. Yeah, I would say the um, taste follows the nose almost exactly. Yeah. You hit, you get hit with the citrus first and foremost, and then it fades into the piney, earthy, dank, grassy quality of a pale ale. Um, I would say the citrus is more muted than a lot of the juicy IPAs you see on, on the market. Like, they classify this as, like, like on their website, it was like J-U-I-C-Y-J-U-C. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know yeah. about all that. But, I, yeah, I feel the same way. And I was going to say, I feel like there's more citrus in this in the aroma than there is in the taste. I agree. I think the taste fades into bitter for me quicker a lot quicker than it did on the nose it just it just tastes like that like zingy like hop forward ipa but it smells different so it's it's interesting in a way um i'm not i yeah i'm not really able to grab a certain like taste like i'm not like i can't like say okay orange lemon this that like I'm, i'm not able to say that but i am able to say that in the nose which is interesting the nose I'm just tasting or smelling just all sorts of citrus, that lemon limey ish flavor. If I had to pick a fruit that I get off this, I think it would be grapefruit. But I always lean towards grapefruit, and the reason is because this IPA is you know these juicy IPAs are a blend of citrus and hops and bitterness. So it's like when we say juicy, that's what we mean. I feel like juicy is a term that's just thrown out too much, and like when we say juicy, what we really mean is a blend of citrus and bitter and what's the most bitter citrus that you can think of that's like i mean not like a lemon but like i, I would be a grapefruit that's why i always throw out grapefruit yeah probably like, yeah I, probably grapefruit because my first my first thought was to say lemon but yeah i mean i get like grapefruit peel off this why right. the peel because that's the most bitter part of the grapefruit <laughs> like that's where you get the least sweet citrusy flavor um very, I would say medium bodied, got a little bit of nice carbonation to it. Um, yeah, it's keeps, creamy, kind of. It's, yeah, um, it keeps you uh, wanting more, Def- definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, they set out to make a very juicy New England IPA. They referred to this as soft, doughy, and slightly tangy malt, lying under bright citrus, round tropical fruit, and mild pine resin hop aromatics that underscore the waves of flavors to come now the website describes this as being suggested by quote some cat from japan i don't know what that means but um they it has the characteristics of of what i'm referring to as a japanese ipa which is more made in an english style and they're not that's not a style it's just that they make ipas in japan but they they tend to be relatively subdued hop flavor um and they make a good kind of gateway IPA they say for like people who enjoy lighter flavors. So these are not your dank hop bomb bitter bitter West Coast IPA. They're lighter than that. And I would say yeah. that rings true of this beer. 100%. You know? Yeah. This isn't this is like if you want an IPA but you don't want to be like punched in the face with it, you just want something subtle that has a little bit of juicy fruitful flavor to it. Like you want to you know, they're those IPAs where it's like, yeah, we're just drinking it because we want something strong and heavy. We want that bite. This is more of a a nibble, if you will. Yeah, and I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with seventy IBUs. I'm gonna go with the can <laughs> on this one. I think my palate has confirmed there are only seventy. If there were eighty-eight, I would taste it. I've tasted exactly seventy. Um, it's dry hopped, like we said earlier. And um, Gabe, what, what, uh. What what what's dry hopping? So dry hopping is when you you jump in a pool and then you dry off and then you jump in some hops, but you're like dry, so it it makes it taste better. Yeah, that's what it is. Anyway, the brewery. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> dry hopping is uh, it's confusing because when we talk about wet hopping, wet hopping refers to the state of the hop. Right? Wet hopping means that you're using fresh hops that were just picked basically in the last 24 hours they're new they have water content in them as opposed to dried out hops kind of like your dry like spices in your spice cabinet like parsley right. basil right so that's what we talk about when we're talking about wet hopping dry hopping does not refer to that because 
almost all beers dry uses dry hops. But dry hopping refers to when it is added to the boil. So they're added to the beer process post-boil when the beer is cold and the liquid is in its primary or secondary fermentation phase. So the idea here is to infuse beer with additional hop flavor and aroma. Um, the theory being if you add the hops during the boiling process, some of that flavor and aroma gets boiled off. Yeah. So dry hopping it is trying to really pack the punch of those hops as much as possible, which is why they're sometimes earthier and maybe a little bit more bitter than a than a regular. And it, it's an interesting process because I feel like most, if not all, breweries, like you said, do this. You know, it's just it's a great a way of, to yeah. pack a beer forward with different flavors and aromas and whatnot. As we're seeing here, like I said, you know, I feel like it's it's very you smell what and taste the same thing but there's a little bit more on the nose so but um yeah, yeah i mean i get more citrus on the nose and i get more bitter in the taste and maybe that's the result of the dry hopping i don't know um just as a quick aside super spac on beer advocate he found this one too and i'm i'm going to find this guy if you don't know what i'm talking about that means you didn't listen to last week's episode and that means there's something off in your life i don't know that what it is that means you you did something it wrong it means you're missing something and wait you found like, his review fix that i did i'm not going to go into it again cuz i already did this does once, he copy and yes. paste or is it just yep, pretty it's the same it's the same are you line. kidding me it's the same line uh, it's becoming like a poem I could recite at this point. Grapefruit, pineapple, pear. It, it's it's like... Gooseberry. It just what? rolls off the tongue. I've confirmed. Gooseberries are part of the tomatillo family. They are not... Oh, yeah. a, They are not a sweet citrus fruit. He did research just I, to prove I, somebody wrong. I watched a lot of Iron Chef. It just came up. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's go into... Uh, let's talk a little bit about this brewery that didn't hire me. Um <laughs> They Single saw your cut. resume and said, "No, get out." <laughs> they saw my resume and said, "He's an actor. Why? What? Why are what you is, in here? What? Maybe my life would have gone a whole different direction if they had hired me, or if I took that internship. If I had gone there, maybe I just would have hung it all up and said, you know what? I'm pouring my passion Beer's elsewhere.'" My life. <laughs> um, Single Cup Beersmiths is proud to maintain the American tradition of beer locally made from craft by zealots and lunatics who believe hard work, truth, pride, and passion always should come before profit. Their tagline is on every can, and it is mastery knows no shortcut. The reason I love this brewery and I say that they're a very New York City brewery is um, I just read an article where they were talking about the water that they use and how they use New York City tap water. I, I don't know what choice they have, like what other tap water would... what like. Like, what are they using at Brooklyn Brew? Like, aren't you all using... It doesn't matter. The point is that they were going on and on about it, and they were like, well, when you think of New York foods that are really iconic to New York, like the bagels and the pizza, um, what makes that unique is the water, the New York City water. That's why you can't make those things the same way outside of New York. And so they feel like the same philosophy applies to their beer. They're using New York City water, and that makes their beer specifically New York. Which is awesome. Um, just, but yeah, whether like it said, means whether it's true or not, it's just a fun philosophy. Founded by uh, Queens and New York City-born music-obsessed brewer, as we mentioned earlier, his name is Rich Buschetta, as I like to call him. I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong, but whatever. Probably. Uh, his lifelong passion led to a place where he wanted hops and vinyl could shine side by side, um, and. As you mentioned earlier, he sold his collection of vintage guitars in order to finance this operation, which is crazy because he's, you know, he's always had this passion for beer. He started as the classic home brewing, which eventually led to him just diving into the brewery world. But, oh man, to give up music for for beer, ah, oh, that's, oh, that's insane. I feel like if oh. I took this internship, maybe I would have given up acting I, for I, beer. I'm, I'm picturing, I don't believe I read enough or saw it, but I'm picturing there's like a music room at this brewery or like, it's like a Sam Ash, like you can get beer <laughs> yeah. or you can get new guitar strings. Just like go how sit in there. dope would that be? It's in every facet of their brewery. All the music that they play through their sound system is on vinyl uh, the name of the brewery, Single Cut, is uh, refers to a body style of guitar, which I think is what like a Les Paul is. 
as opposed to like a fender. Love that. I don't know I get it. what that means, but I think that it's true. For them, they say it boils down to always demanding greatness, never compromising, and always play it at maximum volume. That goes awesome. metaphorically for the beer and quite literally for the guitar playing. Another thing that's really awesome is uh, Rich's goal has always been, you know, creating great beer and whatnot, but he has a specific style to it. Um, he's always been, he, he wanted it original hop-driven beer distinguished by a firm respect and admiration for West Coast pioneers and bl- bending that to our East Coast NYC interpretation. So he is taking inspiration from not just the east side of the world but from the west coast uh brewers as well which is interesting to see it's like he wants to take that you know recipe and commitment and put his own spin on it yeah they uh they brew a lot of ipas and double ipas they always have um they were kind of known for ipas in the beginning now they have you know we'll get into what's on tap at the brewery there's tons of offerings um but like the store i bought my beer in had just IPAs on IPAs for, you know, a lot of their options. I was sort of like, well, we could do any number of double IPAs. Ended up going with a pale ale that I had to drive 45 minutes to return. But uh, that beer store shall remain nameless for the year and a half old can that they sold me for $19 for a four pack. But I'm over it. And I, I drove 45 minutes back for you people. Because I'm not going to judge single cut on shit old beer that shouldn't be in the store anymore. Is that right, Mike Breen? Bang! Exclamation point! The hop! Taking a stand. As an aside, we're going to do an episode in the future about uh, canned on dates and how beer, how long, like, does beer really go bad? We don't know. I think that's kind of a debate in the beer industry. It'd be interesting to see how that beer tasted. But I wasn't going to do it to you guys right now. Uh, as I said earlier, they have delivery and they have curbside pickup. They have specific delivery times and minimums, but they have a lot of really cool stuff. They've got all sorts of four packs of all other different types of beer. They've got, oh, look at these. These They've got gra- crowlers, but they've got like the guitar logo on them. Mm, Absolutely sick. awesome. They've got merchandise, single cut logos on things, backpacks, hats. Um, they've got bandanas so you can cover your mouth. They've got and glassware. nose and nose because you don't want to. Why do I always see people with the mask just over their mouth? You're not solving the problem. Because if you're like me and you're wearing shades and or glasses, it fogs it up. But if you can breathe through your nose, it won't fog it up. You know what else will fog it up? Getting coronavirus. Cover your nose. That too. They've got glassware that's really, really interesting to see. And, Stephen, yes, if you want to wake up on a good note, head over to Single Cut and get their coffee. Aw, They have fun. coffee, and they have chili hot sauce. I don't know why the chili hot sauce is in the coffee category, but they have it. <laughs> it's all house-blended stuff. I have the perfect queen Sunday for you. You wake up in Queens. I don't know why. Um, why are you in Queens? Yeah. You go over to Single Cut. You get your morning coffee, hang out, play guitar for a bit. All of a sudden, oh my God, look, it's two o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday. That means it's five, right? And you have a beer. Totally. Problem solved. Then you take the hot, hot sauce home and throw it on your dinner. Single Cut just has a really dope um, space, too, that I Dude, I this love. tap room. Oh my God. Very Queens. It's just like a very Queens space. Uh, and It's very it's just like, like open floors. and it's big and it's like they have all of their can art is like all around the walls. Like they just know who they are. And I really want to go like right now. Can we stop recording and go? You're right. We're out of here, guys. Thank you. Uh, <sighs> and no, just kidding. We're going to go drink. Uh, but we do have more of their beer and... Um, so that we don't keep these people for three hours, we should probably hop to that. Alrighty, so we are splitting up now. We each have our own, our own beer. And I'm going to kick things off because Steven has drinking first past couple weeks, which is fine. No big deal. Guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. 
damn straight. I am so pumped. Let's get into it. I am drinking the Eric Moore Cowbell Chocolate Milk Stout. And yes, the name was inspired by good old Christopher Walken and SNL. Thanks, Christopher Walken. Appreciate it. And uh, what's funny is on their website, it says, we've got a fever. And there is only one cure. A luscious, creamy, slightly sweet stout that sits atop a roast malt base and huge cocoa infusion that will rock all night. I mean, how can you not get excited about that? I mean, uh, I'm excited <laughs> and I'm not even drinking it. That's exactly. uh, that's a lot. I'm, were... picturing, I'm picturing chocolate milk, but a beer. Pretty much. That's in my I head. Think that's, I think that's what I'm getting into, and I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, this milk stout is one of their year-rounders. It is brewed, like I said, with cocoa, vanilla, and milk sugar. It has an ABV of 6.0. IBUs are coming in at 28 on the SRM chart. Oh boy. I would say a 38 to a 40. I would say dark, dark as night. Dark as the dark night. Midnight I'm drinking, black. I'm drinking the dark night. Um, it's very, very jet black. Um, poured out very nicely and was, I was instructed to pour aggressively, which I did. Um, Beer Advocate gave it an 89. Untapped, uh, I was actually unable to find the rating, but I do believe they did give it some form of uh, higher rating in the 4.0. I believe that's correct. There's, we might stop giving out these untapped ratings. Anyone have feelings about this? Write to us if you care. I feel like they're all the same. It's like, have we ever had one that's not between like 3.8 and 4.2 no, ever? No, I don't think we have. <laughs> Uh, so not a, uh, head retention at all dissipated very, very quickly. A little bit of lacing, uh, along the sides of the glass on the nose. Let's see if I'm going to smell exactly what I think I'm going to smell. Yep. That classic stout, uh, creamy chocolate coffee roasted malt roasted 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 uh you know cocoa i there was one review i read a couple of reviews actually that i read that talked about marshmallow and the aroma and i i can see that i don't know if i would have gotten that by myself but you know having other people say marshmallow now i'm starting to get it um it's got definitely got that vanilla creaminess scent to it um and yeah Let's a go. Let's a go. Everything you smell is what you taste. I'll say that. Chocolatey, milk forward, lactose forward. It's got the vanilla spice to it. I wouldn't say vanilla just by itself. I'd say vanilla spice. Um, definitely taste that that. The, the back end feel is the coffee, the roasted malt. It's it's secondary, but it's there. You get hit first with the flavors and with like the food and uh, spice flavors, so to speak. Um, I read a couple of reviews talking about earthy flavors just because of, you know, the it's got a little bit of the hop forwardness. Um, I feel like I am getting that, but it's kind of hard to tell because it's so blocked by it's it's so overpowered by the roasted malts and the roasted mm -hmm. flavor to it um what's funny is i read a lot of reviews that were talking about how they said the flavor is there but it's very very subtle it's a little watery it's a little this like everything that you read about in the beer is there it's just it's just scaled back like very much mm -hmm. and i can like half agree with that i i am i i do think a lot of the notes are scaled back they're just not as strong as i thought they would be i don't think it's like watery i i wouldn't say that but i will say when you pour it you think it, it's lighter than what you think it's gonna be like you think you're you're drinking this heavy like gonna fill your stomach up sort of deal and it's really not that way it's it's definitely got the the stout or yeah it's got the stout qualities to it but mm. it, it doesn't have the heaviness and i would almost argue that that's kind of bad not better but good in a way 
I, I would just say, I mean, it's one of their year-round offerings, I believe, and they also have a version of it that is nitro, which, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think, I don't know, is yours nitro or no? No, it's not No, because it's not, because it's, it's in a can. So, possibly some people felt that it was watery, possibly they were just de- drinking different versions of it or different years of it than you were. Yeah. Or they went to the same beer store I did, and they bought one from 2019, and all of a sudden it was watery because it was a year and a half old. <laughs> I think it's funny. Uh, slight carbonation, nothing too strong, no no bite too deep, I wouldn't say. Um, and yeah, it's. Uh, I did read about how it was named after the uh, the more cowbell sketch, uh, like we said earlier. But um, yeah, it's weird. It's like it's a stout, but it's not a heavy stout. It's like it's mm. a light stout. Well, that, yeah, at 6% ABV, that makes sense. But um, the milk sugar, the lactose, like I'm sure it, it's, um, I think you said it's like it's creamy in the mouth. It's probably like got a lot. It's very rich to drink. Oh, yeah. Like you're you're still going to, even though it's lower ABV, you're still going to sip on it kind of slowly. Yeah. You're not going to sit there slamming that guy. And if you do, hats off to you. You do you. We're not going to tell you how to live your life. No, we're not. Um, but yeah, no, that's absolutely right. And it's it is very creamy and very flavor forward. It's not. It, it's chocolatey, but I wouldn't say it's like you're not getting like punched in the mouth with chocolate. And I mm. I didn't I wasn't expecting that. I'm just kind of commenting on it. Um, but uh, but yeah, overall, I mean, I don't think I've ever had a stout that's pretty like. All right, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I dig it. I think it's cool. All right, clear the floor. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. I'm drinking the uh, Sammy was low double dry hopped IPA. Uh, Sammy was low. The name is a reference to the first line of Queens. Spread your wings. Now, hey. it is uh, eight point two percent ABV. Uh, Beer Advocate has it at 93, Untapped has it at 4.26. The IBUs are at 123. Bang! Exclamation point! Take it higher, take it higher! Uh, oh boy, 123. That's, I, I don't know how I feel about that. But it's hazy, it's uh, yellow, straw, even kind of orange on the SRM. Maybe a four to a six, but honestly, it looks really yeah. just like the other one. Um, the head. It, it actually, like an, it looks a little bit lighter than the other one, yeah. Um, I'm drinking it out of a tulip glass. Uh, ivory white head kind of did the same thing as the last one, collapsed. Um, got a little bit of, yeah, some decent lacing around the sides. Um, I'm getting some similar juiciness to the last one. Um, maybe a little bit juicier, like sweeter. Like it smells a little bit more guava, mango, a little bit more tropical. Um, this is going to be tough because the difference between these two beers is like pretty much the IBUs and the ABV. But like real, this is like, this is like, it's like level up. It's like the other beer with a little bit more shit in it. Yeah. I was going to say it's it's the other beer, just stronger. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely got notes of, like I said, guava, mango, maybe some peach. Um, the malt is sweet, uh, and you do get a little bit of like honey. Like it's very sweet on the nose. I'm not getting a lot mm. of the hoppiness. It's if if it's there, it's it's subtle. The the hops are in the background, like even more so than I think they were with the first one. Survey says. Scrum diddlyumptious. Um, okay. <laughs> the uh, taste really follows the nose. Um, juicy up front. Peach. Um, some cotton candy. Like, it's very sweet. Uh, sweeter than I even thought it was going to be, and sweeter than the last one for sure. The last one was like you smelled it, and you got the citrus, and you were like, okay, the pine is in the background. Then you tasted it, and you were like, oh, there's the hops. This one? Right. Not so much. They're there, but... They don't hit you up front at all. Yeah, peach, watermelon, cotton candy, and then um, in the back of your mouth, it kind of settles into the bitterness. But like the 123 IBUs, well hidden in there. Uh, Not getting the kind of 
bitter hot bomb I was expecting from this. Um, and also the booze, 8.2%, wouldn't know it. Oh, boy. I'd just be slinging them back. Nice. You cannot tell at all. Um, it's medium-bodied. It's dry. It's uh, gently carbonated. Kind of sticky uh, in the mouth and in the glass. Like, it's lacing pretty well, and it's definitely got, like, a stickiness to it. Um, but it does have a crisp finish. I think, overall, it's a really well-balanced double new england ipa um the website the company says dive deep into this lush and round double dry hops double ipa inspired by the beloved is this the real life which is the ipa version of this drown in the aroma of peach nectar and cotton candy mm. like i said uh drink deep with the palette of tangerine and peach juice finished with a long soft finish and gentle dry bitterness so this is what they call a dangerous beer because you have four mm-hmm. of them and you go i i can't stand up yeah if you have four of these tomorrow's a wash right <laughs> off. you're not getting whatever done that you need to get done you're not gonna get hired you're not gonna get yeah no you're not gonna get that promotion tomorrow uh but it's delicious it's very good i'm a big fan of this um Overall rating. Out of 33. Out of 33, I, yeah, I give yeah, it. I was, was going to say, like, <laughs> what do you give it out of, like, a 6.7? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, out of 10, I would give it a, I would give it a 9.2. <laughs> you felt bad. I saw that happen. You were like, not, oh, no, I should put point two. Well, I always got to leave room for it's like it's like everything up to like Firestone Walker Sticky Monkey. It's like that's the 10. Now let's, you know, let's work up to that that bar. This isn't that good, but it's it's very 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 good. But single cut, we love you. We love your beer. So don't be offended. This is great. I'm so glad that I drove 45 minutes to swap out that <laughs> shit beer for this. This is so much better than that would have been, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Or maybe it's good. I don't know. Maybe. Um Single cut, if you listen to this, though, you should know that, well, message us. I'm not going to call the place out on the podcast, but um, I, but I, uh, this beer, I, I really like it. Um, you guys know me. You know I'm one for the hop bombs. I like the West Coast IPAs, the juicy thing. I like it, but I tire of it from time to time, but I think this is a really good one. There's no added juice to it. There's no, There's nothing funky or weird. It's all coming from the ingredients themselves and what you're getting is a sweetness that you don't often see from a beer of this abv and this amount of ibus um but it's balanced really nicely the bitterness is hidden if you love ipas but for some reason you don't like bitterness which that's a very specific and weird person but if you are that person go find this because you'll be able to get all that you love out of an ipa if you are looking for other types of beers single cut has many many different other ones that are all uh that all sound really great uh like we said earlier mostly ipas double ipas um and a few lagers along with the classic uh stouts uh i.e the one i'm drinking um on tap they have about 16 uh different beers they're all uh either favorites or just really awesome creations that they've uh you know messed with and changed and they have a freeform jazz odyssey coconut chocolate i'm looking at this that's crazy i'm looking at this workman's cut nitro coffee cream ale with hazelnut and the logo is very similar to the grateful dead logo i you know going back to the whole um music thing so i mean that's i'm looking at their kim hibiscus sour lager I'm looking at their white lager. What's a white lager? I'm looking at their heavy boots of lead imperial stout. Clocking in at 11.2 ABV. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, they're all really like... It, I feel like single cut... Like, if you want to get messed up, grab a couple single <laughs> cup beers. Like, you're gonna... And this is just what they have on tap. And they also have stuff for the lighter drinkers. They have a plain top Pilsner year-round. They have um, some regular IPAs. They have 
a few loggers that I mentioned. Um, they have uh, a bunch of seasonal options. They have a bunch of canned options. They have so many beers, way too many for us to go into on this podcast. But if you want to check it out, you can go to singlecut.com slash beers. And they've got food. They have brunch. Grilled ham and cheese waffle. Come on. How am I supposed to? Ugh, I can't read this. Because I'm going to get hungry, and I'm going to start eating. They've got just, like, regular stuff. They've got, like, burritos and rice bowls, and then they've got brunch. A lot of great stuff. Single cut, slam dunk, home run, field goal, extra point. You guys are great. And uh, check them out. Like we said, Queens, uh, right in the heart of Queens. And uh, they are using great tactics, great new york city water and they are doing it with their style and with their spin on it so good on they're magically delicious yum i i don't know how that plays in a factor but sure why not just haven't heard from him in a while all right we gotta go um real quick we're gonna hit you with what is on our mind this week and fair warning it's football related sorry about it settle in wait for the season to come gabe What's going on in the NFL? Okay, so we don't condone violence, but we have to talk. <laughs> we got to talk about this. Dallas Goddard, the tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles, got knocked out at a bar in San Diego. Boy, did he. Adam Schefter reported it. The The, the guy who hit him got arrested, which is great. But Adam Schefter reported it and also weirdly shared the video. I thought he wouldn't, but he did. So I was like, oh, cool. So I'm watched it. I'm watching it, uh, you know, right now, and I have to say, this is some shit right here. So Dallas Goddard appears. It looks like he's like backing up a dude. He's just kind of like, "Yo, yo, relax." And then a guy comes out of nowhere, boom! Oh, just right in the mouth, and he goes down. I mean, he's out. Some of his friends yeah. are jumping. On we the guy should just say him. up front, we don't know why he got punched. We don't. He know may why. have deserved it. My theory. I mean, no one deserves that, but my theory is that there, some guy, the guy who hit him was a Cowboys fan. That's all I got at this point. That can't be the answer. It's I refuse to not, accept but that. But at this point, like you may be a Cowboys. Look, I'm a Packers fan, but if I walk into a bar and Adam Thielen is there, I'm not just gonna pop him. Well, why I'm gonna not? Be like, do you have? I'm gonna be like to your team. I I don't have that much of a commitment. <laughs> I'm not gonna assault some guy. I might talk you shit. You wouldn't go I'm, to jail for the Packers. No, I might be like, hey, man, we're coming for you this year. Like, I don't know what the fuck I would say. I'd probably say yeah. nothing to him knowing me. But, I mean, I might talk shit, but I'm not going to take a fucking fist to his jowl. Yeah, I don't That's, know what happened. I don't know why. There weren't details on why, but the guy got arrested. I really but. hope that Dallas Goddard, like, tried to pick up his wife or something. Because that's the only explanation I would accept. <laughs> What's funny is if you watch Amazon Prime show All or Nothing where they follow around a football team, the last year they did the Eagles and Dallas Goddard, uh, he's Didn't they living... do a profile on like how nice he is? Yeah, he's like the coolest <laughs> dude, but also his him and his roommate who also plays for the Eagles, uh, he's a defenseman, I forgot his name. They like... Sidebar. What? What? They're friends. Roommate? Whatever they live in a, I if mean, I'm making it. If I, it's I not love like they you. live in a two bedroom apartment. They live in like a dope ass house. Like I love you, and you're easily my favorite roommate I've ever had. If I made NFL money, we we wouldn't be living together. No, we'd be living in especially houses if you right and I both made NFL money. Yeah, no, we'll get a we'll get can, we'll get apartments with that are across the hall. We're, yeah, we're exactly. Not. But I mean, their house is huge and whatever. But they it shows them like shooting Nerf guns at each other like they're the wholesome just happy-go-lucky guys but yeah this dude just got knocked out and just uh, clocked just clocked I hope he's down okay he hits the floor i mean like he doesn't even know what happened he gets he gets hit in the face the dude did come out of nowhere like he didn't even see the guy he was looking he just, at one dude he turned around he got hit like i scrubbed through it because i just wanted to see it slowly frame by frame i just needed to see him like that moment where the fist connects with his face and he just like has no he's just like i think that's a fist and then the next thing he knows is probably right now he probably didn't register anything until he, this very moment and that he's was like waking up just like what happened 
They're like, yeah. But so, also, there's more happening in the in the NFL world that's a little bit more exciting for us because it, we could we we get excited for Hard Knocks every year. It doesn't matter who they announce it is. Yes, we do. I was excited when it was the Cleveland Browns. Hey, Steven. Who who is it this year that game? Oh, it's my boys. It is both the Chargers and the Rams. <laughs> and what I'm calling the battle for LA. I don't know with COVID and everything. I don't, you know, they're telling players they're like socially distanced, but like still play the game. And Sean McVay has come forward being like, what are you guys talking about? Like, this is a bad idea, but apparently it's as of right now, NFL is the only NBA is like we're like one step away from being officially they're one step away from being officially back but like NFL they're like no we're we're going to play like the NFL is committed to doing this and look we need to state for our listeners unequivocally and once again like we did last week wear the mask covid-19 is still a thing stop thinking it's not wear the mask be safe be responsible stop pretending that this all just went away that said, I don't have to be in the stands. And if the players are going to put themselves at risk, well, if they could come up with a safe way to do it without fans in the stands, I would be very excited about that. That said, I don't want anybody to die for football. But God, I hope there's the NFL in August because I don't know what else I'll do if there's not. However, well, with Hard Knocks, it's with, with Amazon's all or nothing, they follow the team around during the season. With Hard Knocks, it's just training camp and preseason. So, if anything, like, I'm just excited to get a deeper look into my team. Like, I'll get to see, yeah. you know, I want to see what Joey Bosa's house looks like. We're going to get behind the scenes of the Zoom calls that are the team meetings. <laughs> We're going to get behind the just Zoom like, calls. What's We're his name, get... Anthony Lynn? Just like, yeah. you guys need to pick it up. And they're like, we tried, but we, we were Your mic time. cut out. What did you yeah. say? Sorry, no, you got to unmute. Coach, you got to... I'm interested in the uh, quarterback discussion because, as you all know or oh, should yes. know, we have Tyrod Taylor, great quarterback. We have Justin Herbert, our first-round rookie quarterback draft pick. But guess who we're working out soon? Cam. Colin Kaepernick. Oh, cool. Good for him. We are working Colin Kaepernick out, and apparently he's been noted as fitting in well with the way we run our offense. It's just our coach has said, you know, he likes what we have, so it's just a matter of does he have a spot. Like, he's he's still a good quarterback. He can still sling the ball. If you guys sign Colin Kaepernick, we're going to have to invent a time machine to take you back to the moment you met him. Because remember when you straight up lied to him and you were like, I'm rooting for you, man. And like, What do you, you mean? I am rooting for him. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. I did meet Colin Kaepernick. That is 100% true. He walked right by me in New York City, just on the street. And the second he walked by me and I realized who he was, out loud, I said, holy shit. And I turned around <laughs> and he was like, there was like a parking garage and he like went into the parking garage and like hid in the corner. But because I saw, maybe he heard me and he was like, oh crap, a fan is going to say hi to me. So I just went up to him and I was just like, hey man, big fan of yours. He was like, oh, thanks man. I gave him you a fist bump. You cornered ball. him in a parking garage. Yes, I did. I didn't corner him. He went there. You have there. a lot of those weird experiences. We don't have time to go into all of them. Uh, but the time you met John Mulaney on a subway, you made him very uncomfortable too. Oh, he didn't, he wasn't, he wasn't ready to say <laughs> hi to me that night. But hey, listen, when you're famous, why are you taking the one train, buddy? <laughs> you got money for a car. Like, what are you doing? He was clearly like lost. It. He's of the people. I did that to Todd Berry. I made it very uncomfortable. But he was in a place. <laughs> he was at he the, the comedy cellar. Though, yeah. Right? All right. We got to go. Uh, guys, please follow the show uh, at the HO podcast, Instagram, Twitter. And please, um, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It's really important. It helps the show and it helps us improve the show for you. If you have thoughts on how we can make things better, if you have brewery suggestions on who we can visit, if you have brewery suggestions specifically related to our mission of uh, featuring black-owned breweries, we would love to hear any and all of that. So please uh, send us an email, hopod at gmail.com. We will see you next week. We will continue to drink because that's what we do. Stay safe. Be well. Adios. I need a pool.